Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 1056. Throughout this year, I have been sharing with you how I study the Bible. Digging deeper, I call this series. And for the next three weeks, we're going to embark on a wonderful journey together. I hope you will share these podcasts with your friends if you've shared no other. Get people on here and let them listen to these. And I pray that you will listen to them over and over again. And I pray that God will help me to make them so interesting that you would want to. I pray that you'll listen to them on the way to work and then get home and get to work wherever it is that you can get your Bible and your notebooks and make some notes because you can use this material to teach it to others. And remember, the reason that I am passing these truths on to you is I want you to pass them on to your children, to your grandchildren, to your friends, to your colleagues, to those at church, to those at work. And the reason is God made his truth available, not just for us, but to pass it on. And so you have to learn that to begin with so you can pass something on. And so for the next three weeks, I'm going to be taking you on a journey of how I study the Bible. And the first two sessions today and tomorrow, I'm going to be sharing with you the great principle that God taught me years ago. By standing on the shoulders of giants, I was able to see far beyond many who were my peers. And because God has given me so much, I have to turn around and give it back. Because to whom much is given, much shall be required. And so I want to give you the general principle. Great men of God down through the centuries have understood this. The last of the men that I knew of that really understood this was a man by the name of Harold Wilmington. Harold Wilmington was one of the three men with Jerry Falwell who began the Liberty College, which then became Liberty University. That's right. Liberty Baptist College became Liberty Baptist University and then Liberty University. Jerry Falwell, Elmer Towns, they got together and then they called in Harold Wilmington. You say, well, how do you know this? Because Dr. Wilmington downloaded all of this into me and he did it by way of video. I have it on video so you can actually see it. But before he passed on into glory and went to be with Jesus, he shared with me this great story. Harold Wilmington understood the great principle of the panorama of God. As a matter of fact, his Wilmington's Guide to the Bible was one of the most beloved pieces of literature and books in anyone's library down through the years. And I want to share with you what he and I shared together, what others before us shared as we understood how God gave his revelation that we call the Bible. I want to just pass that on to you. And it all starts with understanding how God made our minds and how God speaks to us and how he reveals truth to us. God made us to where we understand any kind of information from the general to the specific. 
That's right. That's the way we write. That's the way we think. We didn't come up with good thinking and good writing. God did, and he implanted that within us. For instance, God always teaches us the general, and then he gets down in the details. Now, this is the way we write. If you learn to write in any kind of great school or just a good school, they're going to teach you to have a thesis statement. That is, this is what you're going to try to share with somebody, and then you're going to share it with someone, and then you're going to go back and summarize, that is, tell the people what you shared with them. And that thesis statement is at the head of every good paper that you're going to write. And you might not even know that, but this is very important. And then in the body of every good paper or good article, it might not be outlined like this, but you have an introduction. And in that introduction, you just share again how you're going to do it. And then you get into the Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two, Roman numeral three. Then you have a capital A under Roman numeral one, a capital B. Same thing under the other Roman numerals. And this is just how we do it in English. And then under that capital A, if you want to get into more details, then you go to a number one, a number two, and then you can go to a small case A, a small case B, and you learn all of the rhythm and mechanics of how to outline anything. But this is the way that it always works from the general to the specific. In other words, if you're going to understand a document, you don't go to Roman numeral one, letter A, and number one, and then a small case A, and read that one line or whatever it is that you're doing there and go, well, I don't understand this. Well, you've got to go back and understand what was before that, what was before that, what was before that. And in the great panorama of things, now you can understand the details and the specifics. You get the general understanding, then you go to specifics and detail. Now, I do this in every form of teaching. I do this in writing. I do this in speaking. I do this when I am teaching in Israel. For those of you who have gone with me, there is a method to this madness, and it's not just I alone. I'm not the only one who does this, but this has been understood and learned down through the ages. And that is, if you're wanting to, for instance, study the Jezreel Valley, which is called in the book of Revelation, Har Megiddo, the Valley of Armageddon, as we call it in English. Well, what would you do if you wanted to study that valley? Well, if you were smart, you wouldn't go down to the valley and go down to the modern city of Afula and start looking all around. If you want to get a real view and a panorama, you would go up to Mount Carmel and go up to the highest point called the Horns of Carmel. There is a monastery there today on that highest point, a Carmelite order of the Catholic Church. It's called a mukraka today. That's an Arabic word for the burning. And you would look at that side of the valley and you would look out across that. You could see Nazareth on a clear day. You can even see Mount Tabor. You can see all the way as far as you can see following the outline of the Samaritan Mountains, the northernmost part of the Samaritan Mountains, all the way down on a clear day to where in the evening sun, 
sun, when the sun is dropping in the Mediterranean on a clear day, you can see all the way to modern-day Jordan, which was Gilead in the Scriptures. Now, I'm just telling you this because you can do that from Mount Carmel on a clear day. But then if you want to get another view of that same valley, you can go to Hamaray, which is in the eastern side of the valley. If you want to look from the northern side of the valley, you would go to what is called today Mount Precipice, which is just above Nazareth, the boyhood home of Jesus. Now, why am I telling you this? Because this is the way that you study the valley below. And then you go to the valley below after pointing out where Deborah and Barak would have gone, the judges and fought Sisera. You would have looked across and seen Megiddo across from you from Mount Precipice, looking from the north to the south. You would, from Hamaray, you could look all the way to the modern city of Haifa with the sun rising up in the east behind you looking west. Then you would go and see where all of these great events took place. You could see where Gideon fought the Midianites, where Naboth's vineyard was, where Saul would have visited the witch of Endor. You would have looked below you. If you were up on Mount Precipice to the north looking toward Hamaray, you would have seen Nain, the widow of Nain, as we call it, where Jesus healed, where Elijah and Elisha territory was, where Elisha would have been plowing with his oxen and Elijah would have thrown his mantle on him. All of those things you can see from above. And then you go visit those places. Why? Because now it makes sense. You can see where all of these things connected. And so many times when I'm in Israel and I'm teaching people, I see the light bulbs go on and I hear them say, ah, ah, now that makes sense. And you hear this over and over again. And the reason is you're seeing it all and you're connecting the dots. It's like one of those little coloring books that we used to get. And you start drawing it out and you think, I think this is a flower. It looks like all the dots make a flower. But then when you fill it out, it's not a flower, it's a dog's face. And you can just imagine the excitement of filling in the spaces and connecting the dots. And this is what God wants us to do from Genesis to Revelation, to connect the dots. Why? Because God's painting a picture. It's the picture of redemption. God is telling a story. It's the story of salvation and redemption. It's the story from before creation all the way to the consummation. And in between are the great stories of God's working in humanity and working in humanity in general, working in the universe in general. And then it gets specific down to individuals and then down to families and then down to you and then down to me. This is the way God works. And so let's just get started and go through this. And I believe you will be blessed. Now, you may not. But I trust that you will. And so turn to the very beginning and let's start there. And let me just show you what I'm talking about. Now, if you look at Genesis chapter one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, that is a very simple statement, but it is profound. Why? Because it assumes God. It assumes the existence of God. There's no apologetic for the nature of God, no ontological argument, no kind of theological argument whatsoever in any realm. It's just in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bereshit bara, that is out of 
nothing, God created everything. The Latin language says ex nihilo. That means out of nothing, God brought everything into existence. He brought in the Shemayim and the Haaretz. He brought in the, the heavens and the earth. And that's just a general statement. And if you'll notice, as you go through chapter one, these are just general days that God made things. And so all of Genesis chapter one is just a summary statement of creation. He doesn't get into details. It's just about a verse or two on each one. And then it says, and God saw that it was good. God saw that it was very good, whatever the case is, but it's just summary statements. I want you to see that Genesis one is just a summary statement statement. And then when you continue to read through, you go to what we call chapter two and notice that the chapter does not end. The thought does not end until Genesis two and verse three. You see, the chapter and verse divisions were put in only in recent times. I mean, recent in the last few hundred years. 1225, the chapter divisions were put in 300 years later. Over that, 1551, the verse divisions showed up in the same way approximately as they are in our Bibles today. There were a lot of revisions along the way, but what I'm telling you is just a few hundred years ago. And so this was written systematically by Moses. Moses wasn't there. It was passed down orally. Then it was written, no doubt. And Moses simply wrote it down. Now, Moses didn't come along till the book of Exodus. And when we come to Exodus, we're going to look at another section. But what I want you to see in this section that will do us good all the way through the Old Testament is the methodology that God used. God went from general to specific. So in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, all the way down through Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3, you have a summary statement. Then in what we call chapter 2, all the way through the end of chapter 2, you have a detailed statement about one aspect primarily of God's creation, and that is the apex of his creation, man himself. And so God ends chapter one, as we know it, with the creation of man. But he doesn't go into great detail. He just talks about how he created man, and then he rested on the seventh day, sanctified it, and made it holy. And then he begins with verse four of chapter two. This is the told oath, the told oath, the history, the genealogy. This is the way it happened of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, the earth and the heavens. And he starts going into specifics about man in verse 7. And then in verse 8, it gets to more specifics as to where he lived and how he got there. And then it talks about all of the different things about the place where Adam lived. And as you go through chapter 2, you get into these very, very specific details. Chapter 3, it even goes a step farther and talks about man and what he did and how God created a helper for for him and a counterpart for him, on and on. What I want you to see is not the details at this point, but how God put the entire 
story together. He started with a summary statement, with a general statement in chapter one, and then he went to details. This is how God made our minds to think. We don't go from specific to general. We go from general to to specific. Well, that's enough for today, but tomorrow I'm going to take us to a New Testament passage, and I'm going to show you that both in the Old and the New Testament, God uses this methodology to impart truth to our hearts and our minds. And when we learn it like this, then we can teach it like this because it becomes a part of who we are, and it logically sequences into our spirit. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.